You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's up, everyone? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to Creative Masters Podcast. This is episode five. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to the previous episodes. If you haven't listened, go and check them out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. We have all the episodes up there. Thanks to our guests who have been featured so far as well. A lot of people have been hitting us up saying they learned a lot from it and been getting a lot of value from it. So thank you for that. Um, on this episode, we got Joe Ortega. He's a photographer based out of San Antonio, Texas. Um, I kind of just met him over Instagram about a year ago, and we we're kind of using the same camera. And uh, we kind of just became friends over Instagram and follow each other and admire each other's work and things like that. So we get into a lot of good stuff in this episode. We talk about how music influenced his photography style. And it was one of those things where my parents were just kind of like, well, you know, you're really not supposed to be listening to that. So how about we give you like something that's a little more accessible? We also touch on the importance of community and creative collaboration. He was like, hey, man, I really enjoy your stuff. Do you want to like get together sometime in town, have some coffee, just sort of talk about you know what you're doing versus what I'm doing we kind of learn from each other we also talk about how important it is for creators to create something every day I have to have some time to go out and, and make something if it's a song if it's a picture mm-hmm. um, you know if it's just writing some words down or whatever it is these are just a few of the things that we talk about on this episode of the creative masters podcast it's a really dope episode Joe also talks about how he balances family life with his creative life and his full-time job so sit back and enjoy episode five of the creative masters podcast with Joe Ortega. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. Today, we got a very special guest, a lifestyle and music photographer out of San Antonio, Texas, Joe Ortega. I met him um, via Instagram about a year ago, and we're going to kind of get into this, but we um, were using like the same camera and kind of got started around the same time. So we're going to get into that and just how his passion for music um, led him to photography and everything. So Joe, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, man. Nice uh, Sunday morning, enjoying some some coffee. Just got back from a nice little six mile run. Just you know, living life, man. Just uh, going going full speed. I hear that. What'd you get your you get your six miles in under an hour? Yeah, dude. Uh, so I'm training for a marathon in December. So I, I I ran several half marathons, and I'm making the leap to the full marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hovering at a pretty decent pace. I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, I, I ran in high school and. Gotcha. I've done it for for a while in high school. It was dude many many years ago. So, <laughs> um, but it was one of those few things that you know you just kind of I kind of kept up with. It mm-hmm. was just kind of one of those. It's a hobby, but it also helps keep me in shape. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. I've been uh, contemplating doing a half marathon myself because usually dude, I do yeah. like five or six miles when I run as well. So I might do it this summer. I have to see. Yeah, you should do it, man. It's uh, it, it's fun. It's a, it's a nice challenge. I mean, you have to change your your diet and mm-hmm. the way you, you structure your, your week, and you know the, the hour or two that you would spend doing something else, you dedicate it towards running a couple times a week. It's mm-hmm. it's a commitment, man. But when you finish, it's uh, it's it's gratifying. Yeah, definitely. That's cool, man. That's that's good to hear. So, um, thanks for coming on to the podcast and everything. Um, you know just started this and you wanted a very first guest and we've just been talking to a lot of different creatives how they got started um you know talking about their passion and just their hustle and their grind and things like that so i definitely appreciate you coming on um so let's go ahead and hop right into it so i'm um, just based off of everything i've seen over the last year um you're really into music um and I, reading your bio you had you said that your um, love for music kind of led to photography so why don't you tell us a little bit about like your uh, background with music sure so uh, my dad was in the Marine Corps, so we moved around a ton. Um, and this all really started when we lived in Hawaii. And it was, I want to say, the third or fourth grade. And it was really kind of something like out of a movie, right? This bleach blonde kid, you know, just hair in his face. It was like, yo, you need to check this out. My brother's listening to it. I'm listening to it. Check it out. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Uh, so it was no effects, punk and drublick. 
awesome. Totally. That's actually a good album, yeah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that was like one of the first things I ever like really got into. Um, and it was one of those things where my parents were just kind of like, well, you know, you're really not supposed to be listening to that. So how about we give you like something that's a little more accessible? So they got me uh, a Green Day, the Green Day Dookie record. Mm-hmm. 94, um, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, back in 94, right. And so uh, that was awesome, right? So I mm-hmm. went from no effects, kind of getting a little bit into that, into something a little bit more accessible into to Green Day. It was just really a level set for me at a very early age about the kind of music I really enjoyed. It was it was all very punk rock based. My dad was in the Marines, so naturally, you know, just taking the the rebellion part to, you know, the extreme, just kind of really loving all of those themes in all the songs. Um, my dad absolutely hating like every part of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was sort of the, the catalyst at a, at a very young age. And, um, in high school, my brother was in middle school and him and his friend were starting a band and they needed a bass player. And I had a job at the time in high school and they were like, Hey Joe, uh, we need a bass player for our band and you're the only one who could probably afford to buy a bass. So will you be our bass player? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, whatever. So bought a bass and ever since then, I haven't really put a guitar down since. And that was probably 2000, 2001, something like that in high mm-hmm. school. Um, so it was a while ago. So it was, uh, it was kind of fun. And, you know, fast forwarding through a lot of the stuff, um, I ended up in San Antonio, Texas in, in 2002. And there's this old record label called the Militia Group. And um, they had this band on one of their compilations uh, called Acceptance. They were out of Seattle really enjoyed their sound they were kind of in you know the kind of rock i was already listening to but they were just a little bit different they kind Mm -hmm. of caught your ear um so i went and caught a show when they were coming through san antonio um and so uh i remember going up to them after the show and like yeah i really enjoy your guys's tone you know i was really big into like guitar tones Mm -hmm. um you you know being involved with music producing you probably appreciate a ton of you know the the idiosyncrasies and the detail that people put behind producing a record and yeah, putting definitely. into it. Um, and it was one thing I really enjoyed about there since what I was listening to at the time was self-produced. So like, yeah, you guys got a really good ear for this stuff. Sounds great. Um, they're like, cool. So they're like, Hey, you want to come hear the new record we're getting ready to put out? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm hanging out. And ever since then, uh, I'd been buddies with a couple of those guys in that band and they were never really like super huge. They had a couple of songs that, that kind of got some national attention, but, um, they ended up disbanding after a couple years. And so I promise this is going somewhere. <laughs> so so um, one of the guitar players from Acceptance ends up uh, joining another band called Anne Berlin after uh, Acceptance breaks up. And so, uh, you know, I, I've stayed in contact with him over the years. Um, and they were on their farewell tour. So he was with them for, for years. You know, they, they had a long run. And I had uh, I had my son Emery at the time, and so I had picked up this cheap Sony A three hundred DSLR camera. I had just the kit lens on it, nothing special. I mean, I was kind of treating it like a point and shoot, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember texting my friend, like, "Hey, you guys are coming through Austin? You mind if I bring my camera, try to get a couple shots or whatever?" And he was like, "Yeah, dude, yeah, bring it, no big deal." I was like, "Cool." So um, that was my first show I ever shot. It was the Anne Berlin farewell tour, and. I mean, I took a ton of pictures and 98, 99% of them were total crap. Like just total worthless stuff. You know, just everything was blown out, a lot of motion blur, just had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's kind of like golf. I don't play golf, but it's kind of like people when they talk about golf, like I played 18 holes and 17 of them were terrible, but Mm -hmm. I played this one hole really well and I'm going to come back out and play again in hopes of trying to play that well for all 18. Yeah, so what what year was that when you uh, shot that concert, that last that show? Oh, man, that was not this past October, the October before that. Okay, so a couple about a couple years ago or so. Yeah, a year and a half ago. So this October will be two years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had that Sony, shot that, and there was another guy on tour with his, you know, he was, he wasn't on, he wasn't playing on tour, but he was uh, hanging out with the guys, and he played in another band, and he was like, hey, yeah, my band's playing, Um come hang out, come shoot the the show too, if you can. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So I go out and of course, you know, this dude plays in a band that I've listened to for years. 
every band that's on tour with him or bands that I've been listening to for, you know, 15 plus years. So I'm stoked, right? I'm like, uh, this is just an incredible opportunity and just happenstance of meeting people and, and whatever. And, and it was crazy too, because at the time those pictures were so bad, man. Like looking back on it, I'm just like, I don't know why I even thought any of these were good, but it was fun. You know, it was yeah, yeah. kind of my first time. Um, but it was kind of cool because, you know, the band, yeah, yeah, I sent the band a couple of pictures, they posted them. People were like, oh, this is so cool. This is fun. And that was kind of, I was like, hey, like maybe, maybe these don't suck. Maybe these aren't as bad as, as I thought. And mm-hmm. um, so from there, that's when I bought uh, my camera that you have, the, the Nikon D3300. Yeah, that's cool. That's dope. Because like, the way I found you is um, when I got the camera, you know, I'm just working the whole hashtags on Instagram and, yep. I, you know, put in Nikon D3300. And that's how we kind of came across each other. Yeah, it's so crazy. What um, led you to buy that camera? Like, what was the research process for you um, to decide, like, if you're going to go Nikon, Canon or, you know, Sony or whatever like that? Yeah, um, it, it was a bit of an extensive process. I, I like to be, I guess, somewhat thorough before making mm-hmm. a, a big purchase. Um, so there was a, a buddy of mine out in Seattle. His name's Jake. Um, one of the best photographers I've, I've ever had the chance to speak to and his work's incredible. And, uh, I was like, Hey dude, I was like, I know you shoot Nikon. Um, I'm thinking about doing this, doing that. Like, what are your thoughts on it? And he was like, well, what do you really want to do? I was like, yeah, I really enjoy the music thing. I'm really do a ton of portraits. I just, you know, I, I enjoy shooting shows. Um, and he was like, all right, well, you know, he was going into the specifics of the Nikons that he's used and, and the benefits that he's had for them. So it was probably some biased feedback that I got because the guy that I reached out to was a Nikon shooter at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for all intents and purposes, he still is. Um, so that was kind of where it kind of like edged me. And, he, I, and I was kind of like, all right, well, I'm kind of looking at this, the D3300. It's not really entry level it's kind of a great above it but it's not your premium you're mm-hmm. spending over a thousand dollars for the body type camera it was it was affordable and it was still putting out good quality shots mm-hmm. um so for me at the time i was just like yeah anything that's not the sony a300 i'm i'm all about because this thing <laughs> i can't i can't get anything good with it um so yeah so so that's that's kind of what what pushed me into it i, I reached out to a guy who was already shooting nikon and uh, he was just saying, you know, this has been my experience. This is the success I've had with Nikons. Um, and I just kind of went from, I was like, all right, fine. I went from the Amazon. I went for like a little bundle package. Got like the, the camera bag and all the accessories that came yeah, with yeah. it. I was all stoked. I was like, yeah, it was like Christmas and in March when I ordered it. And just opened up a box full of stuff. So it was cool, man. It, it was um, definitely one of the best purchases I've made in a very long time. Yeah, I feel the same way about when I bought it, too, because I've just been shooting, shooting, and then, um, you know, just to see where it's taking me from there. It's like literally my job now is I'm basically a photographer and do video all day long, and it came from me buying that camera a little over a year ago and just, like, diving into it. So it's really cool to see, like, what photography can do, you know, when you put the time into it and when you just explore and see what can happen. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, and, and you were talking about video. Like, dude, I, I didn't even use the video function for, like, forever. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I've done a couple of videos here and there, nothing crazy. I'll do, like, some stuff for Instagram, right? Little 15-second videos for, mm-hmm. for bands. Um, so it's nothing, you know, crazy. But, yeah, for the longest time, I was just, you know, taking stills and people were like, do you video? Do you do video? Do you do yeah, video? Yeah. I was like, like wait, like that, that really is a thing on this camera, right? Like that. And so I'm like, looking, I was like, oh man, this, this output is fantastic for this camera. It's, it's awesome. So yeah, I started getting into that. I mean, there's just so, there's so much to it. There's so much versatility. Yeah, there really is. I remember when you, um, actually you suggested that 35 to get that 35 millimeter last year. Yeah. And, uh, I got it and I started doing some video with it and it's, it looks really good. Um, especially Dude. for that camera, you know, just the price point that it comes in at and everything. So I was really oh, happy with it. It's so good. That 35 millimeter. I, so I got the 35 millimeter first. No, I got the 50 millimeter mm-hmm. and then I got the 35 millimeter. And so I would go like months or like bunches of shows at a time without taking like one or the other off. Mm-hmm. And on the whole, that 35 millimeter just stuck to the body. Like I didn't even take it off. I think is that focal length is perfect. Yep. The aperture is down to 1.8. I mean, that's that's money. You know, you're shooting anything, and, and you know, for me, I'm shooting in very low lit situations with smoke machines or mm-hmm. grown men like throwing themselves across stages. You know, like trying to <laughs> capture, yeah, yeah. you know, motion and and not get any of the blur. That at 35 millimeter at 1.8 is just uh, it's money. Yeah, and definitely. like you said, man, it's so affordable. I was, I got it. I was like, dude, I can't believe this thing is this good for almost nothing. Yeah, 
I was really, I was really impressed with it. I still, it still stuck to it, um, to my body as well. So, oh, that's so good. It's really dope lens. So, uh, rewind. Let's rewind back to March. You got your camera. You got the bundle and everything like that. How did you go about like learning photography? Basically, how did you learn about aperture and shutter speed and ISO and everything and how to take good photos? What, what was the process for you? It's dude. So it's probably a little bit different for everybody. So for for shooting shows. It's it's kind of tricky, man, um, because every band has different lighting. Be it they brought their own lighting or they're using house lighting, mm-hmm. um, so you can't really sit there and you know kind of hover on on one setting. Like if you're shooting a portrait session and, and you have decent lighting, you have really good lighting, you're in the golden hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just kind of sit where you're at on your settings. But with the show, you strobe lights or you know spotlight comes in, so. It was a very like mad dash kind of a learning process. So um, I'm really not ashamed to say it, but one of the first things that I did was went to Pinterest mm-hmm. and looked up. There's like graphs, there's infographs and scales of like if you want this kind of result in a picture, use this shutter speed. You want this, use this ISO and or this aperture or whatever it was. Um, and so I just kind of took like a blend of all of those things and just really kind of messed around with it. it but it, it, like I said, it's just, there's really, it's more of an art than a science with, um, with, with music photography, because, you know, one band may have just killer lighting where everything's just well backlit. Mm-hmm. There's no smoke or, you know, the, the players kind of are standing where the, the lighting is kind of showcasing them. Um, or you go to another venue. I mean, I, I just shot, uh, for this band Seosin a couple months ago and uh the venue i mean dude it's it's it was like pitch black basically it was like no lights it was just so bad and i mean it it just kind of really it was kind of a bummer because the show was so good um and i guess if you're there and you're watching it's still fun but as far as taking pictures i mean there's there's nothing you can do like three or four songs into it i just kind of had my arms up in the air like yeah i I can't do anything here it's kind of kind of frustrating so you kind of learn the the minimum and maximum inputs and outputs of what your camera can do from that so um you know, the, the irony of of me learning my camera is that i i learned to shoot in very harsh situations very dark mm-hmm. and then very bright you know one moment and then back to dark and just kind of toggling so when i got into portrait photography it was really weird for me to be in a controlled situation you know of oh we could sit here and i can have you like not move for 10, 15 seconds at a time while I'm mm-hmm. adjusting my settings. I don't get that at shows. I don't get to be like, oh, hey, you know that guitar thing you did where you just <laughs> kind of like whipped it. Can you do that again? Like, I don't get that opportunity at shows. So it was it was a little backwards for me. I, I, I started out learning the, the I guess, the reaches of the camera in, in very, unfor- not unfortunate, but I guess in very like testing situations. Um, and it, the transition into getting into the portrait photography thing was just, it was a little weird because uh, I was, just, you know, kind of sitting there and like, okay, something's got to give, right? Like, it can't be this easy. <laughs> the lighting's not changing. The people aren't moving. Like, awesome. So it, it was just, it was just kind of a hybrid of everything. But the, the show stuff, man, and it just really depends on the venue. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, you've you've probably been to a few shows yourself in in, in your day and everywhere you go the lighting's different you know somebody's yeah. i mean dude i don't know if you had a chance but anytime you're shooting anything where there's like harsh reds or greens the camera sensors just kind of just go wonky they're just they blow everything out and you just kind of look back at the picture and you're just kind of like yeah i can't ever use that yeah exactly so it seems like your uh, progression from you know, like shooting music because you shot your friends, uh, like their show when they came through and then mm-hmm. um, kind of transitioning into portrait photography and things like that. It seems like that was like kind of just like the natural progression for you. Um, how did you decide like that's what you wanted to do when it kind of got to like to port, like go from the music and start shooting portraits and stuff? Like what kind of led you to that direction? Uh, it's actually a lot less creative than it sounds. My wife was like, hey, if you're going to be shooting this much, you need to make money. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and so that was basically kind of the start of it. And, you know, I, I do have a, a general interest in portrait photography. It's not like I was doing something I, I didn't have my heart into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of funny, right? So, you know, if and I'm only on Instagram, right? Like I'm not on Facebook or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just post good pictures, 
people for whatever reason will just assume you take good pictures of anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the longest time, like when you started following me and I was following you too, but you know, it was only bands. Like that was, it was like bands or my kids. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I would just get emails or messages from people and like, Hey, I want to get portraits done. Or, or can you take them for me? And I was just like, man, I've got nothing on my page that even would remotely come close to make you think that I could do portrait photography, but okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give it a go. And I, I ended up really, really enjoying it. There's, I have such an appreciation for the guys who do like editorial photography, high fashion Same photography, here, yeah. mm-hmm. dude, there's so much that goes into it. I've, I've been able to, you know, hang out with a couple of guys who do it and, and help out on some of their shoots. And it is very meticulous. I mean, they're mm-hmm. like every detail in the picture is actually thought about where like, like me shooting a show. If I shoot something and I catch like a kid crowd surfing, but I meant to shoot the guitar player I'm like, Oh, Hey, that worked out. Cool. No, like every, the hair, the makeup, the clothes, the jewelry, jewelry the setting like everything is controlled for them everything is thought out they they talk about storyboards and they talk about lighting and you know it, it's just crazy so i had this real it was kind of mathematical to a sense an appreciation of what um the portrait photography thought so i, I got interested in it that way okay that's cool it's cool um and we'll come back we'll kind of circle back around on the business stuff here in a second but let me ask you how did you figure out like your editing style because you know there's visco and you got the Mm -hmm. apps you got the you know the lightroom plugins there's like photoshop actions all this different stuff like a bunch of noise and you know i've probably tried every single thing just to see what (laughs) it looks like and what it does and and everything so how did you um kind of figure out your editing style and your look for your photography uh you know with with the so since the nikon d3300 i've I've gotten the nikon d610 the full frame Mm -hmm. and that's completely changed how I've approached shooting the the camera is just it's a full frame and not the crop sensor and so what I'm shooting and and when I upload my raws it's it's a it's a game changer Mm -hmm. so so it was kind of two phases right so when I started shooting with the Nikon um my friend Jake that I was mentioning before he's he's a big film photographer um and he was he's very big on um, very little edits, you know, like shoot what you want to shoot. If you're going to edit anything, you know, just do it to enhance things. Don't do it to really change the, the picture itself, but mm-hmm. use it to sort of just enhance certain elements of it. So I, I guess from a very early time in, in learning how to shoot, I, I, I tried to, to gear my, my shooting. I, I'm, I'm not one of those guys where I take a picture. I'm like, oh, I'll fix that in editing or mm-hmm. oh, I'll fix that, you know, Photoshop or whatever. Not, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. So I naturally shoot pretty dark. Like I'm, I'm usually pushing really low, um, settings, you know, just trying to get some dark shots, kind of grainy shots. It's just, a style that I've always kind of appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it, it kind of comes to, so, and I guess to kind of come full circle on, on the music thing, um, the, the, the style of it, I guess for, for the music part of it kind of comes from, you know, growing up around music. Um, you know, people ask like, dude, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you know what to shoot? And like, man, I don't know. Like I just kind of go out there and I'm like kind of mindless about it. It's sort of therapeutic to a certain extent. I'm obviously being intentional about things, but it's, I'm not overthinking my shots, right? Like I have mm-hmm. a lot of anticipation with what I'm doing, but you know, whether it was, you know, like cassettes, right. Cause that was what was around when I was a kid, it was either like the cassette fold out, like liner notes that mm-hmm. had like band pictures or magazines, or when you go to shows they you know, they had their tour posters, you know, you always see pictures of, you know, the bands playing You're like, dude, yeah, like that, that looks awesome. You know, obviously they're, they're handpicking pictures to go in there that, kind of highlight that band and those uh, like a conglomeration of like 15 to 20 years worth of bands just pushing you know media out in whatever format is sort of influenced my editing style right you know like black and white lots of contrast um versus not lots of contrast grainy versus not grainy um I don't really shoot very vivid. You know, I've got a couple of buddies who shoot, they, and they shoot crystal clear stuff. It's just not my style. I just didn't grow up around it. You know, I kind of grew up in that, you know, very gritty punk rock world where everything um, just kind of looked like it had a chip on its shoulder. And I enjoy shooting like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy capturing that part of, of the music. So it, I started off with the Visco, you know, filters. And, you know, it got it kind of got frustrating to a certain extent because 
the the filter would just change the whole picture instead mm-hmm. of just like a part of the picture that you know I wanted to showcase. Um, so that's kind of where I made the transition into Lightroom, so I could have some more isolated mm-hmm. um, editing techniques. Uh, and then going into the Nikon D610, that thing is just crystal clear, man. I mean, I, I take a picture and I look at the back of my screen and I'm looking at it. I'll even pan around sometimes like, I, I just took this. Like, this is crazy. So it, I, I, I don't want my editing to kind of take away from, you know, why I upgraded my camera to the D610. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I try to respect the cameras in, in, in their ability of what they're doing, use the, the editing um, to sort of just... I guess further the atmosphere and the environment or the tones or whatever's going on with them. Yeah, exactly. I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she's a photographer and she like made the switch um, about five six years ago and actually went to school for photography. Cool. And um, went back and got a degree and she was basically saying like you know anything you read online or whatever like just photography is a manipulation of light. So mm-hmm. your camera, you know, you want to get everything in the atmosphere. You want to have your settings right and take the best photo possible. And then you don't have, don't really have to do much, um, editing and post. And it's the same with music and video and everything else. You know, yeah. like you want, when you record vocals, you just want to get it right. The first time sound as good as it can. And then, you know, everything, the EQ, your reverb, whatever you're adding to it, it's just going to enhance it. It's not going to, you're not going to try to fix it or, you know, mask a bad recording and things like that. So that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's important for people, you know, especially people who are trying to get into, anything creative especially with the technology today to understand like you want to get it right the first time like if it looks good straight out the camera if it looks good if it sounds good right when you recorded it it's only going to sound that much better when you you know you just add a little emphasis here and there with whatever effects or whatever editing that you're adding to it so um i think that's cool to hear that you know a lot of people that i've been talking to and that's just kind of how i always think too is like just get it right the first time and you don't really have to go in yeah you know, well, it just kind of comes off post. fake. Yeah, I mean, you see so many things. You're just like, dude, that's not what it looked like. I was there. You know, like you'll see yeah, somebody yeah. else's shot. And like, oh, come on. Like, that's like, it looks cool. I get it. But it, and I mean, there is an art to like the editing. I mean, that's not to take away from the guys who do that because mm-hmm. those dudes do a fantastic job at, you know, what they do. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in in shooting live music photography because, you know, I, I've played, I, I've, I have had the good fortune of, of knowing a handful of people. You know, I don't shoot for a publication, so every band that I shoot that you've seen me shoot in one way, shape, or form, um, I know personally or they're a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I take a lot of pride in, in having that opportunity to go out there and capture a moment and, and put it out there because, you know, it's incredible. It, it's, it's really humbling to you know have people comment like man i used to listen to these guys so much and you know it was at a good time in my life and you captured you know a picture of the show that just really brought me back to that that good place that i was Mm -hmm. you know when i discovered this band or something like that and i don't really feel like you can capture those things those moments if you're if you're stuck in like the modification process of photography, like the, the, the true photography, and I, I guess, you know, not true cause it's DSLR, not film photography, but you know, in the day and age of photography that we're doing, you know, shoot what's in front of you. Don't, don't worry about what, what comes after mm-hmm. there's, there's moments to be had right there in front of you. And you know, it's, it, there's a couple of times where, you know, and it, and I do it with like music photography too. I, I don't know if you've had any experience in this, but like if I take a picture, I'm like man, this thing's blown out. I can't really use it. And black and white, like oh, just saved it. And like now yeah. I can use it. Black and white saved it. Definitely. Um. So let's let's talk about uh, community, right? Because we kind of met on Instagram community. We talked about it a few times. Like how important is it as a creative to like be involved in community? Not only like online with Instagram and things like that, but also like in the town or city that you're in. Dude, it's it's so important, man. You know, it's it's kind of incredible because I guess with music or with photography, there's the the healthy competition piece of of pushing each other, right? You know, so you know, here's my picture, and then somebody takes the same picture. I'm like, crap, man, that looks way better than what I did. Like, how'd you do that? Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Here's here's how I did it. Or versus, you know, the guy. And now this is like the anti-communal example, right? Like, hey, that's awesome, man. How'd you do it? He's like, oh man, sorry, I don't really talk about like how I do things. That's just kind of my style. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You know, like this is a community. You know, like, I'm gonna learn how to do that anyways. If you're gonna tell me or not, it's not. It's not a secret. We all have the same settings in our camera, so it, it's. I, I really feel like. Oh, sorry. You still there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. It's all okay, good. Sorry. We'll leave it. Uh, we won't edit. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of feel like 
those yeah just kind of like pulling out like the the best in each other and so so kind of like you there's a guy in town um phenomenal portrait photographer um he kind of reached out after i did a show of a band that you know he really enjoys and um he was like hey man i really enjoy your stuff do you want to like get together sometime in town have some coffee just sort of talk about you know what you're doing versus what i'm doing we kind of learn from each other Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the first time somebody ever like reached out like that i'm like dude yeah like i'm a fan of your stuff like crazy that you even like my stuff because i love your stuff mm-hmm. and so you know even uh I, I was just actually posting some stuff that we did yesterday it was the same dude and you know we're we're really good friends now and you know we, we hang out and and we talk about photography all the time and talk about like how's wife how's the kids kind of thing mm-hmm. and it all really stemmed from you know, photography you know just that, having that community of of, of growth um I, you know it, it was i had a very interesting um run not a run-in i guess it was kind of unfortunate so there is and i won't say anybody's name but i i had an opportunity to um to sell some pictures at a show that i did for for a band and i had no idea how it even worked right it was like one of the first times i ever shot mm-hmm. and so you know i reached out to a friend of a friend and i was like hey dude and he was like you know i've bought prints off of you before um you know, uh, I respect your stuff. Like when you go through this, how do you do that? And basically the answer was just kind of like, Oh, Hey, that guy that wants to buy stuff from you, I want him to buy stuff from me. So I'm not going to really, you know, put myself in that position to, mm-hmm. to help you. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Not, not a big deal. So, you know, so I went back to our mutual friend and I was just like, I mean, it's kind of a drag dude. Like what we do, what, what we have, this isn't a secret, you know, like, mm-hmm one way or another, I'm going to find out how this works. Um, I just wanted to go to somebody who I respected and that friend, dude, so profound, right? Like some of the most profound things are always just a few words. And he was like, yeah, man, he was like, you you really have to, you really have to be the kind of person who wants to help other people succeed. That's community. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, without like, and he was being super like good about it. He wasn't bashing the other guy too. You know, he was just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. He was like, but you take note of this, help other people succeed, you know, whatever it is, giving them advice, you know, showing up on a shoot if, if, you know, they need help with something, um, whatever it is. So that one small run in, which is just a blip on the radar, right? Like I wasn't super offended and not my feelings hurt. It was just kind of one of those, like, I didn't expect him to say no. So it was kind of, it kind of caught me off guard. But that little example right there was just kind of the lesson out of that was just, yeah, you know, anytime somebody asks me anything, I'm going to try my very best to, to give them the information that I have, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and be a part of it. And it, what bad can come from that? What bad comes from helping other people? I mean, that's, if somebody's going to be like, yo, you know, that Joe guy, he's a real jerk. All he does is help people. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Versus like, hey, that Joe guy, you know, real jerk. He doesn't, he doesn't really talk to anybody or, you know, share anything that, that he knows. So it, it's, I guess it's just one of those things where it's like, it, you, some people are kind of communal about it. Some people aren't. And I'm really drawn to the guys that are. And dude, we had, it's so weird. Like the, the people you meet online, like there was an instant like magnetism in in the styles that we had because we come from very different worlds, but Mm -hmm. whatever those differences are, are so transcendent because you know, if it's, if we're talking about work ethic or we're talking about quality, uh, family or, you know, passion, mm-hmm. like dude, me and you, I feel like we're almost always on the same page with yeah, all definitely. of those things. So then all the details be kind of, kind of become irrelevant, right? Like it doesn't matter who's shooting with what camera, it doesn't matter what genre of music we're talking about. Well, what we're talking about is your heart being in the right place, wanting to help people and, and, and being that person to further edify others and, and, and make it a point to, you know, build people up. That's, that's the point of community. Um, and I just, I just want to participate in it, man, you know, and it's tough in the music scene because, um, there, there's a handful of people who do it at a high level and, and they go on tour and they do it. And those dudes are, and girls, they, they, they get all the love and, you know, and there's guys like me who, you know, I've got a family and I've got a full-time job, so I, I don't get the chance to go on the road. So, I just get to shoot whatever comes through here. So I don't get that constant exposure, you know, whatever it is that the other photographers may have. So it's, it's just kind of weird trying to keep it all in perspective. Like, okay, you know, this, this dude's like 20 years old and he doesn't have a family and he Mm -hmm. can afford to be on the road. I'm happy for him because, you know, he's got a hundred thousand followers and he's killing it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I could be the bitter guy of like, 
dude, this is just a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's probably financially irresponsible or whatever, you know, some talking crap, but you know, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I think you touched on a lot of good things and I definitely want to circle back on the, um, kind of like what success is for you. You kind of touched on it just now, but let's, let's go back to the, um, talk about like the portraits when your wife was like, all right, if you're going to shoot this much, um, you make some money at it. Right. So yeah. <laughs> how, how did you, um, get into like shooting some portraits and I see you like did some engagement shoots and things like that. How did you get into that and uh, start making money from that? It was, uh, it was really just people reaching out, man. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of, I guess, fortunate for some, unfortunate for others. I'm always kind of lengthy in, in whatever I'm posting and I'm talking about something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I guess it's, it's the cliche, right? Like pictures are worth a thousand words and I'm, I'm trying to come close to that thousand words every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's because there's so much going on behind it. And I, I think people have been drawn to the, the, Sort of like, like the, the the genuineness of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that part of it, like, so it didn't matter if it was just shooting a band. There was like, hey, um, I I know you personally, or I know you, you know, through Instagram. Um, would you come take pictures of you know me and my fiance for our engagement or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of weird, man. Like people trusting you to take pictures for something that's going to last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's you can't get like too much in your own head, but it's that's a heavy responsibility. You know, that's, you know, that's a, it's a big thing. So, you know, when I was getting into it, you know, I I really wanted to consider the idea that if I'm going to do this, I want to do it at a high level. Um, and and I want to do it. And, and, you know, like for me, you know, back to the community piece, like, yeah, I'll shoot everybody. Let's do it. And my wife's like, no, we have a family. You can't be out all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you are going to be out, you know, make some money while you're doing it. It's like, okay. So being a little bit more selective with what I'm doing, try to be, you know, plan it out, you know, talk about, price ranges and outfit changes and location time of day that we're shooting you know really learn um you know what other photographers know and and try to get better at it so the the more you present yourself in in a way that people feel comfortable that you know what you're doing you put out a high quality product um they enjoy the experience of of the actual shoot because I don't know if you've ever been on a shoot with another photographer shooting you or um, just witnessing it, but man, there's some people who are just real bland people. Like they're just, they're not, they're great photographers, but they have a real flat personality. Mm -hmm. And although you're, you're not, although you're getting a great picture, sometimes people also look for, you know, Oh, we, we had fun the whole time. We laughed, we told stories, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we joked around um, things like that. So I, I think people just kind of got drawn to that. And, and I, I try to be as real as I possibly can in everything that I'm doing. You know, I, I don't want to ever come off, you know, fake or I'm, I'm forcing something. Um, everything that I'm shooting, it, it's, it's because I want to shoot. I don't have to do this. You know, mm-hmm. this, I'm not in a position like you where, you know, this is your, your, your main hustle now for me, it's not. So I, I have, I still have an opportunity to, to be selective with things. Um, you know, that, and that's just my, my approach to it. You know, if mm-hmm. somebody's like, Hey, I kind of want to do this. Like, yeah, I'm not really into that. <laughs> I don't know that, uh, I want to shoot that, but what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of the, that compromising thing. Um, but it, I don't know, it's kind of interesting with the business aspect of it because, um, I guess I kind of see it a little bit kind of like the tattoo industry, you know, like you, you see somebody bring in something like, Hey, I want to get a tattoo of this. And the tattoo artist like, Hey, yeah, it's not really a great idea, but if I'm going to tattoo you, I'm willing to do this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, as the client, you kind of have to have that decision of like, okay, do I want to budge on what I want and go with, you know, the person who, who whose craft this is, mm-hmm. or do I want to, you know, stick with what I want? Um, and I've seen people go through shoots that, you know, they, they stuck to their idea to a T that, you know, I, I really wasn't about. And, and it was just kind of like, oh, cool, glad that they did it. I'm glad I didn't do it. You know, that was not something I was, I was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the business aspect's weird because you, you have to be a little more decisive with people. You know, it's it, it's it's not like shooting shows. I show up to a show, they get on stage, I take pictures. That's the end of it. You know, like that's that's really as complicated as it is in so, in so few words. For for shooting portraits, it's you know like I want a green scenery, or I want cityscape, or I want rooftop, or I want, you know, this dress or these flowers, you know, like all these things. So, so the, the business aspect of it comes with a little less art approach and a little bit more of the business mind Mm -hmm. and learning how to blend the two. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely important um, from the business aspect to know what you want to do and know what you're good at and get, and keep getting better at that. I mean, the tattoo example is perfect because the last one I just got, basically the the, um, the artist said exactly the same thing. It's like, well, you could do it like that, but it will look better if you do it like this. And I took his advice and it turned out really dope. So, yeah. you know, I, I definitely know how that goes. So tell me a little bit about um, like the how did you figure out as far as the business side? Like, OK, what am I going to charge? Am I going to do contracts? I got to set up my website. I, how am I going to do my marketing? Like, how did you work out all of those different things? Uh, you know, it was kind of, kind of uh, some phased approaching there. You know, the pricing thing was just kind of reaching out to friends and seeing what other people are doing. Um, you know, I, I, as far as the pricing goes, I always want to stay affordable. You know, mm-hmm. one of the unfortunate things about photography is that it's so expensive to have your picture taken by somebody who does it at such a high level. Mm-hmm. And I get it, man. If you got the money to do it, awesome. Go and do it. You're going to get a fantastic picture that'll last forever and it'll, it'll be timeless. Um, but you know, the, some people are just balling on a budget, you know, yep. they, they don't have the opportunity to go spend two, $3,000 on a photographer for something. Um, so I, I don't want to undersell or undervalue my photography, but at the same time, you know, I, I just, I just kind of feel like yeah, people who can't afford good photography should just still have good photography, you know, just cause they don't have, you know, that much disposable income on it. So, um, that, that was sort of the pricing approach, you know, it was just trying to, to stay within arm's reach of people. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the website goes, that was something that, um, yeah, I, I, I just needed something that wasn't Instagram, you know, yeah. and it, I, I really needed something that would allow me to, you know, post in bursts, right? So, you know, I'll, t- I'll post a picture here and there from a show, but, you know, if I have my site, I can, you know, on a page and, and blog it out and, you know, do like a little show review and, and post, you know, mm-hmm. 10 pictures from the show. Whereas I can't really, I don't really want to post, you know, 10 back to back to back to back pictures, you know, yeah. from the show on Instagram. Um, so the, that kind of came from a, a little bit of it. Um, the thing I wanted was just, I guess it was, it's kind of like a new age business card for me, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, you know, you're a photographer, do you have a business card? No, but Joe or easy enough. People can go to it, you know, my contacts are on there. People could submit an email through the site. So mm-hmm. it, it just kind of became another way for people to reach out to me, which is awesome because you've got my photography email set up and I get stoked every single time I get an email from anybody. But like, hey, my name is so-and-so. I follow you on Instagram. Love your stuff. Love to set up a shoot. I'm like, that's it's like yeah. Christmas every single time I get one of those emails. Yeah, it's always dope to get those emails. So yeah, I love dude. Them as well. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, so that that was kind of the the approach was just to put it out on a different platform. You know, I, I had you know a little bit more control in in the in the aesthetics of it. You know, obviously Instagram is just you know the thumbnails and, and the feed and whatnot. Um, so at least this gave me an opportunity. And you know, one of the funnest things that I I had in the whole website creation was I got to work with a, a friend of mine. Um, he was a guy that I, I did his engagement pictures, but he's a he's a graphic designer. His name's Brandon Garrett, and uh, he did my logo for my website. And dude, he just does the dopest stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I told him I was like, "Hey, man, I'm thinking about doing a website. Um, you know, this this logo is just kind of something that kind of comes from like the music world. I kind of want to incorporate it with my photography stuff." He kind of listens to a little bit of the same music I listen to. He's like, "Yeah, got it, cool." And so he sent me back like six proofs, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like, "Hey, what do you think about these things?" I'm like, "Yo, like if I could use all six of these, I would, man. Like everything kills. It's so good." So it was cool because it gave me an opportunity to work with other friends outside of you know my niche. Uh, of what I do and, and start incorporating that. And, uh, you know, it's fun too, because, you know, I shot his engagement pictures, he's doing graphic design stuff for me. Um, you know, it's just, it's another part of the community piece. And it was just another element to, you know, doing the site that just got that much more exciting. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I have a photography logo and I love it. You know, it, it's, it's mine, you know, it's, it's unique to me. And, you know, there's, there's a sense of, of branding and identity in it. You know, it, it's, uh, it, the the logo itself is just kind of something like a lot of like older punk bands would kind of use and like the style of it mm-hmm. and I, I love it dude I, every time i see it like i get stoked on it all over again I'm like yeah dude like i've been busting my tail for like a year and a half just trying to get my name out there trying to put out a high quality product and you know i have a brand that's synonymous with that, that that's what i want to create i want to i want to put out a high high quality um you know, product and I want people to respect it. And, um, you know, and if I can put an aesthetic to it, if I can put, you know, a logo to that, it's where people see that and 
instantly associate, you know, good pictures with this name or this logo. You know, I want that. And that's, it was, it was kind of probably overthinking it, but that was a lot of, you know, putting the website together was, you know, wanting to, to bring in all those different elements. And the other thing too is, you know, I started doing portraits and, you know, I had the music stuff. So I, I needed a place where I can just sort of blend it all and just sort of show my versatility mm-hmm. in photography. Um, you know, it's kind of weird, man. I, I, so you have to let me know if yours is kind of the same, but like on Instagram, it's funny because, you know, with my followers, like I'll get like the same batch of people who will only like, like my kids' pictures. Mm-hmm. And then there's only like the same batch of people that like the band stuff or like the same batch of people that only like the, like the portrait stuff. So I was like, all right, I need to get somewhere where I can like send everybody to look at everything and kind of expose everybody to everything that I'm doing because everything's like really weird and siloed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of the same for me too. Like I have, it's the, it's the same. So I'm doing like music stuff. It's like, you know, people like all those videos or if I'm doing, you know, photos of my kid, like everybody's gonna like her photos and stuff like that. So it's pretty much the same. It's kind of the same thing, like kind of segmented, but I, I totally agree to the website as well. Cause the website, like my Instagram's all over the place, but my right. website is like the Mine best too. of the best. And, um, you know, it's sectioned out so you can see here's some kids photography, here's some portraits, here's some, right. you know, architecture or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I work it. I'll just put the best of the best on my website, send people to that, and then my Instagram is just like telling a story, so to speak, I guess. Yeah, no, dude, uh, that post you had the other day with that uh, the painting of your daughter, mm-hmm. dude, that was so cool. Yeah, that was my my, my friend Dre did that. I'm gonna have, actually have him on the podcast soon because he's a really dope painter and like designer and does clothing and everything. So I've known him probably about nine years now, and he's just, nice. Uh, he's like, hey, can I paint this photo? I was like, yeah, go for it. And he like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, um, that's so cool. So let's talk about um, hustle. I know you had mentioned it a little bit. You're, a, you know, you're a family man. You seem like you definitely pour a lot of time into your family just based off the photos that you're posting and things like that. And even, um, you know, we kind of chatted a little bit yesterday. You said it's like you might go to bed at like one one thirty, and then your daughter <laughs> woke up and things like that. So yeah, yeah. how do you uh, find balance in that? And then you know between family and your day job, and then photography, and then how do you define hustle? Dude, it's 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 weird, man. It's it's really tough. Um, you know, for a long time, for a very long time, and I'm talking up until the time I started doing photography. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just wanted to play music. You know, I, I had my job, but you know, whether it was at home or recording or playing in a band or whatever it was, you know, I just wanted to play music. That was that was where my passion was, and it was it became an outlet. So you know, I was kind of talking earlier that you know, early in, in high school, I'd got into playing music, and it just became one of those things where, it, and again, a cliche, but you you learn to cope with yourself via, you know, an, a creative outlet. And for me, for a long time, it was music. And I really didn't think I would ever have something else that would supplement or trump music in the mm-hmm. creative process. And that's what photography has become for me. So it, my wife is fantastic at, um, you know, kind of managing the week with, with me and the kids and allowing me to have some time to go out and do that because, I just kind of get into this like real negative headspace if I don't have that opportunity to go out and create something. And unless you're like that, it sounds crazy. You know, like my wife almost doesn't even understand it because she's not really of that, that kind of creative process. She knows that it's, that's how it is for me, but that's not how it is for her. And it, it, I almost feel kind of a little, you know, loopy just talking to other people who aren't like that but it's a real thing like i have to have some time to go out and and make something if it's a song if it's a picture mm-hmm. um you know if it's just writing some words down or whatever it is i i need to just depressurize myself in some sort of creative aspect mm-hmm. um and so you know now it's 99% photography whereas other things before so um so me and my wife have this calendar that we have on our fridge and we write down for the week what we're doing. So I'll try, you know, once a week, once every two weeks to set aside some, some real time to go out and do some photography stuff. Um, or if a show's coming through, I'll write it on the calendar. Outside of that, you know, I've got my eight to five, come home, um, spend some time with the kids. They go to bed around like eight, nine o'clock. You know, so I'm only seeing them for several hours. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's 19 months and she, refuses to learn how to sleep through the night yeah so we were kind of talking about that yeah she uh yeah the other night she was she was down and then i was getting ready to go to bed i was working on some some editing for this this project and uh yeah it's like one o'clock in the morning and getting ready to go to sleep and wiped i'm so exhausted 
And then she just starts crying. I'm like, oh man, I gotta get up. I gotta go. I gotta go do dad stuff now at one o'clock in the morning. So I don't know, man. Like, I guess being a dad, you know, far and above exceeds and trumps everything that I do. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it, you know, absolutely. You know, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But you know, that, that's what we have to do. Um, you know, same thing for my wife. You know, we we have a, a really good balance and you know what we're doing. And she's a stay-at-home mom. She's a stay-at-home wife. And so she's she's doing it all the time, and, and to watch her manage that family dynamic, and you know me come home after work mm-hmm. and try to take it over. I'm like, yo, how do you do this? <laughs> Two kids is that'll drive you crazy. Yeah, it could be a lot for sure. Yeah, so you know, just I don't know, just kind of filling it out and just kind of going with the flow. You know, if it's on the weekends and we don't have anything booked, you're like, just take the family to the park. Let's go out to eat. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's go do something. Um, so it, it, it is, it is a task, man. It feels like juggling chainsaws at times of, you know, between work and, and family and, and trying to get the photography thing in, um, it, it you find it. it, it's, it's one of those things that you, you kind of have to be in it to learn it. Mm-hmm. And it, there's, it's probably different for everybody, you know, but for me, I, I have to say that if it wasn't for my wife, Laura, you know, I, I, I couldn't do it, you know, it, was, it, it just wouldn't be. And I know that there's probably, you know, other relationships where, you know, guys probably don't get that much opportunity to have some time to do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I recognize the, you know, the, the generosity of my wife and letting me do these things because, you know, for me, it, it feels like a necessity. I need to get out and do it. So it, it's, a, it, it's a real partnership in, in that aspect. I, I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You, I mean, you touched on a lot of good things because even with the, you said, the, getting into a negative headspace if you're not creating, like, for me, before I got into photography, you know, it's pretty much like solely music. Mm-hmm. So if, for whatever reason, like, I'm not making nothing or I have, like, a creative block, you know what I mean? I start getting down because I'm like, man, I'm not creating anything. I just want to create something, things like that. So, like, yeah. now once I got into, you know, the photography and the videos, like, you know, I might go couple weeks without even you know making any music because right. i'm out shooting or something and then it's like yeah. well, I have, you can always find something to shoot it feels like and it's like oh if, yeah, yeah. If the music's not coming you know i can i can just go shoot something or shoot a video or, or do whatever so it's kind of like a a good balance of just getting creativity out because i think a, like you said like if you're not a creative you might not understand that but as a creative you just want to create like all the time you know what i mean like yeah. every day you want to do something like i'll shoot something with my cell phone just go to the park and just shoot something if i don't have my camera with me just to be able to create something you know yeah it's it's really weird man you know it, it it's it's truly ineffable and i don't know i don't know if i was always like this or if i learned to be like this but i just i am like this now so you know i don't, I don't really know anything else anymore but yeah, once I get to that space where I'm just, I kind of have that itch, man, I, I just, I feel like that, that guy who needs his cigarette or, you know, like, I feel like that guy who just, I, like, I need to get up and walk around. Like I need to go do something. Like I just, I can't sit here and, and do it without creating. I can't do life without creating. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got a desk job and, and I, and I love it and, and I feel like I'm good at it. You know, it, it's, I've been doing it for 11 years, um, you know, doing what I do. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of funny because it's not like that taxing on me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not the most strenuous work. It's not, it's definitely not my passion. You know, I save all of that energy and that effort, you know, for, for whatever I'm creating. Cause I need that, you know, if, if my work took that away from me, I didn't have the time or energy to, you know, create something that would, that'd probably be a recipe for disaster for me. You know, that mm-hmm. would, that'd probably make my mind explode. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of crazy. And then, and then you start getting into like other things, like, like you doing like music and, and like, dude, it, it's kind of funny. Like every once in a while when you post, you know, your, your beats, um, on Instagram, like I just, I, I really think to myself like, damn, like I need to get my guitar out. Like, I need to write something, I need to play something, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it's kind of crazy because, you know, if if you want to create, if you have a creative mind, you, you, you don't just limit it to like one craft most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's always a blend of something. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and he had drew something that was a playoff of something else. And he posted it on Instagram. Like, yo, like this is awesome. Like, if you're not going to use this for anything else, like I'd love to buy this off of you because this is awesome mm-hmm. he was like oh man this is just a thing that i did off of another thing it's it was just a little inspiration thing i was like no nah, man like that's art bro like that's that's what it is like i hear a song and i want to i want to take a picture or i see a picture and i want to write a song 
or you know like whatever it is it, there's there's so much idiosyncrasies in in all of the creation processes that it all needs to coexist it's like a it's like an ecosystem of creativity yeah and that's why i think uh instagram's like so important you know we we already touched on community but it's like you know everybody just plays off each other everybody inspires each other and it's, it's really cool to see um because even just the people that i follow on instagram like i purposely don't follow just everybody because right. i want my whole feed to just be dope so when i'm scrolling like literally almost every post i see is just like dope like, and it like, inspires like, me. yeah yep. so um, that's really cool so you kind of touched on uh, another thing and then uh, we'll kind of get wrapped up because it was kind of like my last question so sure um you know you touched on on working a job and you love your job it doesn't take your energy away from you and then you come home and you know you spend time with family and you shoot you know any any opportunity you can get so how do you define success as a photographer? Because this it's different for mm. everybody. And, um, you know, you said like there's a 20, you know, if there's like a 20 year old kid who's on tour and has 100,000 followers, you know yeah. what I mean? that, that's not realistic for you because you have a family and you know, yeah. things like that. And as you get older, I found, I mean, um, for myself, your priorities shift, you know, so yeah. I don't even think I would want to be on the road. Dude, at, no. At this yeah. point time. You know what I mean? I do kind of yeah. like my time and, um, you know, I go to the nine to five every day, but I don't mind it because it's it's really, you know, like I said, I'm shooting photos and the, sure. the job is great and things like that. So how do you define success for yourself as a photographer? Man, that's that's a great question. Yeah, I, I think it dude, and a great point too, man. Like I'm thirty one and it's kinda of funny, like I'll see the bios of kids on Instagram, like show a photographer available for tour or, you know, mm -hmm. hit me up for tour, hit me up for tour. And like, you know, like, why do y'all want to go on tour all the time? Like you're in a 15 passenger van with like six, seven other, other dudes and it all smells like <laughs> feet and cheese and farts. And you're eating dinner at <laughs> gas stations. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess like some of it's kind of cool, but the rest of it kind of sucks too. Um, yeah, dude. So success for me, I, I, I really feel like a big part of it. Yeah, I kind of touched on this before. Like I'm really fortunate to have had the opportunities to to befriend a lot a lot of people in the music scene, you know, just through various relationships and earn the respect of of them as a photographer, but having previously just being a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, me taking something up and and them seeing like, oh, dude, Joe, like, wow, like, this is something that you're good at, and um, we want you to come out and take pictures for us too. Like, we would be honored if you'd come out and and take our pictures. Whereas, like before, they'd be like, hey, we're coming to San Antonio, want to come hang out? You know, like now it's like, dude, like you're doing something at a high level, and you know this band, you know, maybe playing to like 1,500 kids or 2,000 kids a night. And we want you to come take pictures of this thing. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, I've worked previously in, in the past and I'm getting ready to do it again with Chris Caraba of, of Dashboard Confessional. And the dude is like the nicest dude on the planet. And I've been listening to this dude since he sang in a band called Further Seems Forever in like 1998, 1999 or whenever The Moon Is Down came, down, came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he texts me. He's like, hey, dude. Um, can you send me some pictures? We're thinking about you know doing some stuff. I'm like, holy crap! Like this dude's reaching out to me. Like I've been listening to him for like almost two decades, mm -hmm. and he respects my stuff. Like, I, like for me that like is kind of the unofficial benchmark of success is to be integrated in a world where I respect people for their craft because they do it at a high level and they've lumped me in with them. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy, man. Like, I, it's just like, it's just little old me, man. Like, dude, I'm like, I'm just Joe, man. Like, I'm, it's not like I'm a nobody. I know I'm a somebody, but you know, I'm kind of also a nobody, you know, in, in the photography world, you know, it's, it's not like you can drop my name anywhere. Be like, oh yeah, Joe. I'm like, no, I'm like Joe who? Like San Antonio? Like nobody knows anybody in San Antonio. That's, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I'm actually kind of interested. I know it's, it's your podcast, but I kind of feel like flipping the script here. What, what does that feel like for you? Um, I would say making a living off of what you do, or even if you do have that nine to five, you know, building a life around that to where, um, you could still get your creativity out. Mm. Um, because even on my previous job, right, I worked, I was like an account manager and it, it was like a social media firm and it wasn't a horrible job, but right. it was actually pretty easy. And then I would just come home and I would go shoot and, you know, make music or whatever like that. Right. So, um, you know, I still def I still thought that I was successful because, OK, all this is going to pay the bills and then I can build towards my next thing. And, and for me as well, I think I'm always about growth. 
Yeah. So um, when I started working that job and I'm sitting there, it's like, okay, I'm not going to do this forever. So what can I do now? It's like, oh, well, I, I always wanted to take pictures. I've been taking pictures of my daughter since she was born on my cell phone and little, adding little filters and stuff. So let me right. pick up a camera, right? So right. I bought a camera and then I started putting time into it, started a blog with my girlfriend and we, you know, just traveled and take a bunch of pictures. And then next thing I know is like an opportunity comes to where I can go work for Home Depot and take photos. So, yeah, you know, that's always growing, I think, and looking towards the next thing of like being the best you could be right now, but also looking how you can grow what you have into something greater is, um, is success to me. Yeah. Um, because- it's, it's interesting because so like for me, I have like almost the opposite mindset, right? Like for me, I've always kind of thought like my job doesn't need to be my passion. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm okay having a career in something that isn't like where my heart is mm-hmm. because when I get out of that, I can go afford to put all my time and energy in, into whatever that is. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's always funny because you know, it's always, you have like one or the other with people, right? People are just like, yep, yeah, follow your passion, follow, you know, follow your heart, make that a career. Uh, and then, you know, I, I have a handful of people, you know, I've talked to and they're like, yeah, I feel the same way. We're just kind of like, yeah, like I'm really good at my job and I make pretty good money at doing it. So I'm just going to, you know, enjoy the benefits and the vacation time that I have with that and, you know, the, the stability of it. it. It's just it's interesting because it, this is kind of where we have like the fork in the road of like w- where people have different mindsets mm-hmm. of like where it all comes from. But it's just interesting because, you know, like hustle to you is, is different than hustle to me because, you know, hustle for me is like, hey, I'll lose a couple hours of sleep to go to a show and, you know, stay up at, at night editing and getting these pictures out or, you know, trying to, to, you know, make time to, to do some of these things. Whereas like your hustle is your livelihood, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Just, and then there's the, the dichotomy after all of that, that really puts us on that, that common denominator, right? That common ground of, you know, like, we're we're all here to create we're all here to to make something and share it and i've been on this huge kick lately man of just it's not only important to create something it's important to share it yeah it's so important to share it because you know you know my dad was in the military like i said and so he's not a very artsy guy at all i mean the guy doesn't have an, an artsy thought in his mind ever and it, nothing about what he ever taught me or my brother was, you know, hey, put your heart into this project and then share it with people and hope it impacts somebody, anybody, mm-hmm. one person, whatever. And so, you know, once I was uh, of age to kind of, you know, start thinking on my own and start doing my own thing, that's kind of where it, it's all kind of coming to a place for me right now is that idea that I want to create something and I want to share it and I want it to be impactful. It's impactful to me because I'm, I'm spending time doing it, mm-hmm. but you know, I want to, you know, help inspire somebody to pick up a camera or, or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing their respective art, because I have the, uh, I don't know, maybe the, that's the word I'm looking for. Maybe the, the, the audacity, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to put myself out there and be vulnerable. That vulnerability is, is difficult to get used to. But once you're you're vulnerable in your art, that part, I think, is what's becoming addicting for me, is to constantly be like, here I am. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I created. I'm proud of it. Um, I hope you like it. If you don't, it's okay, because I still love it. Mm-hmm. Man, I think uh, you just pretty much summed up what this whole podcast is about in this last, like, minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's that's an awesome place. To, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's like an awesome place to end because I mean, when it with creativity, right? You have to, you can't wait for people to give you permission to to make anything. You can't wait for people to give you permission to put it out there. And it is being vulnerable, you know. So it's like this is something, especially. I mean, I mean, with any any creativity, like any art, I mean, music, photography, poetry, whatever. Like it's a piece of yourself. Yeah. And you're putting it out there for the world, and it's like. You never know who you're going to touch. I mean, just in my day with music, I did a song back in, um, shoot, 2007 now, and it was like on a video game, and um, it was like on a wrestling game, and I I still get comments to the, like, I had a comment (laughs) pop up on on YouTube on it, even yesterday, but... um, I mean, over the years, like it was like Marines who were like, "Yeah, we should listen to the song before we got into the field in Afghanistan, oh, Afghanistan every day and things like that." Nice. So you never yeah. know, like who you're touching with your music. Um, people will watch it even though they might not like or comment and things like that. And you can yeah, very well be um, changing someone's life for the better. So it's, you know, it's a responsibility, and you know, it's always good to put that out. 
and just kind of inspire people. Yeah, man. No, thanks so much for having me, man. I, I mean, this is just sort of re invigorated me i'm i mean yeah like right now i just want to go grab my camera and go shoot something just talking about it i mean so thanks for having me on man this yeah. is this has been fun thanks for thanks for coming on man i think people are going to really get a lot out of it and let everybody know where they can find you instagram websites and everything like that yeah uh i'm on uh, instagram it's just at joe ortega and then my website is uh, joe ortega photography.com um, got a couple of really cool shows coming up here pretty soon. Uh, namely, I'm flying out to Detroit um, on a weekend to go meet up with uh, Chris and, and the Dashboard guys um, on their Taste of Chaos tour. And the, uh, it's Dashboard Confessional taking back Sunday, uh, the early November in Seosin. And so I've got a handful of other things coming up in the summer that I'm pretty stoked about. So uh, Instagram and, and my website is where I'll be sharing all of that. Like I said before, I don't have any publications, so I'm trying to get better about, you know, kind of just blogging for myself and putting out like reviews of what I'm doing and, mm-hmm. and sharing more pictures out there. So um, lot, lots of lots of stuff, lots of content to come. Awesome. Great, great, great. So yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. This is the Creative Masters Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace. So there you have it. That was episode five of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring lifestyle and music photographer Joe Ortega. It was a really dope conversation. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. I know I did as well. In the meantime, you can go back, listen to our previous episodes, as well as rate us on iTunes. Please leave a review. Give us five stars if you like it. Share it with your friends. We much appreciate it. If you want to follow me, I can be found at Nobody Famous on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow Machine Masters at Machine Masters and MachineMasters.com. In the meantime, you can also check out our website, CreativeMastersPodcast.com. Until next week, peace.